quickly on. And uh, the whole group was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. The whole group uh, was praising God. And then God began to work uh, through them toward other people. You've taken a look at uh, Peter in a message at Pentecost. And you've taken a look at uh, opposition from the religious leaders who tried to silence I guess it was Peter and John that were involved in the healing of that man. And I remember uh, they, they ask, well, by what power of authority are you doing this? And you think, wow, that's a setup, right? That's perfect, the way God sets things up. And then they, they go back and they count it a privilege to uh, suffer for the name of Christ. And they pray not that God would relieve the suffering and persecution, but give us boldness, give us courage that we can speak the truth openly. And then again, you get more persecution, right? (laughs) So in each case, uh, taken into jail, uh, told to stop it, and they say, uh, well, you decide if you think it's better for us to obey you rather than God, but we're going to keep preaching about him. So we looked at um, all of that in the first uh, five chapters, and then uh, just last week talking about the issue of... um, uh, criticism, complaining in the church because some widows were being neglected and others uh, were uh, being taken care of, and how they looked at uh, solving that problem. Again, over and over again, you see, they were filled with the Spirit. When they're looking for someone to serve the church in the capacity of distributing, what do they look for? They look for somebody who's filled with the Spirit. In contrast to that, you see the religious leaders who it says they're filled with jealousy and filled with anger. So, we would not want to be filled with uh, jealousy. We do want to be filled with, um, with the Holy Spirit. And so this has been our prayer. And what I've, uh, by the way, I just want to say, it is so cool to watch from up here what's going on with uh, the Quarters uh, twins because it's like a line of people that wait to hold the babies. <laughs> and, it, and you can see that some people are like, hey, don't you be getting in front of me. But every week it's so cool to see people stepping up and, and uh, offering to to take them and walk with them and such. So um, <laughs> so one of the things that the book of Acts is all about is there's some speeches in there, there's some sermons in there, but it's all about how God showed up in the lives of his people. So uh, before you had it written down, before Dr. Luke, who was a, a partner with Paul, before he decided that uh, God wants me to write down the origins of the Christian faith, before he did that, it was stories. Did you hear what happened at Pentecost? Did you hear what happened when, they were thro- when uh, that man was healed? Did you hear that? It was God showing up in the lives of his people. And for me, I wanted to look at just Acts chapter... Actually, I was going to ask uh, Marcus to turn to Acts chapter 29, but some of you, I realize some of you may not know my sense of humor. Um, there's no Acts 29. Uh, yeah, we're looking. We're checking us out. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it could be taken the wrong way. And for me, it's kind of fun. Um, but what he did say at the first part of the book of Acts, what Dr. Luke did say, in my former book, this is chapter 1, verse 1, the office I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So Jesus began to do and teach things in the Gospel of Luke, and then the continuation is Jesus continues to do things, teach and do things through the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Some have called this book the Acts of the Holy Spirit. 
Does Jesus continue to work through us today? Yes. Yes, we believe that. Now, sometimes people look back on the book of Acts, and uh, I'm going to illustrate how I think of it sometimes, so I'm sure none of you ever think this way. But it's kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, historical fact, how the, how the church started. Uh-huh, that's nice. That'd be nice if that happened today. I know none of you probably ever think like that. But sometimes I do. And I wonder, wait a second. I want to see God act in our lives. I want to see what it looks like today. And so what, I, uh, what I've done for this morning is we have people in our congregation that God is uh, working through. I believe they're filled with the Spirit. And uh, I just want to say, when I bring these people up front here, that doesn't mean if you say, hey, what about me? I'm filled with Spirit too, um, probably. But that doesn't mean you're not doing what God has called you to do as well. I wanted to highlight some folks that I, I've really seen God working in their lives. And uh, I wanted to help them tell their story uh, to you this morning. So I would ask um, Tim and Maureen uh, to come up front here. And uh, we'll start. Okay. Um, it's one thing for me to study the scripture, which I love to do. I need to be shown how it works in real life. I also need to be inspired to do it. There's a certain type of lethargy. Sometimes I'm in slow motion. I need to be, I need to see somebody who actually has uh, done it in their lives. And so this is what I think I've seen in, not what I think I've seen, what I've seen in Tim and Maureen's life uh, recently. And what I wanted to ask them about was uh, I know, um, well, I'll start off. Um, recently, uh, uh, Tim's uh, sister Heidi died, so I'd like them to start by telling us about uh, Heidi and her kids and your relationship with them. My sister Heidi uh, lived over in the Enumclaw area, and she's 15 years younger than I, and so uh, we had some... Uh, uh, time growing up together as kids, but but not an awful lot. So there was some time separation there. Uh, she got married, had three kids, and uh, so we haven't been very close together. Uh, and uh, uh, recently got a divorce. Well, not recently, six eight years ago. And uh, her kids are uh, uh, the youngest uh, nephew is twenty one. Uh, the niece is 24, and the oldest nephew is 26. And they, uh, uh, all three of them and my sister have uh, lived, uh, uh, well, the old term was a dysfunctional family. I don't know. It's normal family now, I well, think. It's the new term. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a rough family. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, problems with jobs, relationships, uh uh, both the kids and and my sister, and so just a rough life. And um, uh, my sister basically uh, 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 was uh, unemployed and uh, living in a single wide trailer on a lot uh, that my brother owned. And she found out she had terminal cancer, 
And uh, so she was uh, basically um, uh, uh, no insurance, no uh, no place to go, no place to turn to. Uh, uh, the kids were, the three children were the closest part of her family and what she endured the most and 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 uh, she spent most of her life loving her kids and uh, but that left her with a family that had no way to support themselves nowhere to t- no way to take care of their mom no way to take care of this situation um, so uh, uh, that's where uh, that's where she found herself when she finally decided to go to the doctor and and uh, have a lump on her breast checked, and that she had found out that she had probably had cancer for a year or two previously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, very much a denial, and so the, she shared the denial with the kids. So, uh, and not having been very close to them over the years, I didn't know where they were at spiritually. Uh, I have a cousin who's been walking alongside my uh, Heidi and uh, uh, through the last year or two helped lead her to the Lord. And so she she had a relationship with Christ. And I got to see that uh, come to life to me uh, uh, through this process. So uh, that was... uh, a really good thing that came out of this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's what the that's what the family uh, was like, and that's uh, 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 how she first found out about her health. Uh, uh, our mom died of cancer uh, mm-hmm. thirty years earlier, a similar situation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so my sister Heidi had been in denial all these years about potentially getting breast cancer herself. So she essentially stayed away from doctors didn't go didn't want to know if there was a problem because mm-hmm. it would uh, uh, in a in a weird sense it would challenge her faith in God she thought one that mm-hmm. was one part of her faith mm-hmm. that was young and you mm-hmm. and she thought that would be a challenge to her faith um, anyway. I was I was just going to interject a little bit when it talks about relationships with them um, even though we hadn't been real close with Heidi over the years, we, you know, did have, like, family reunions once a year. Um, and then Tim, a number, number of occasions, um, has tried to call Heidi and hasn't had re- calls returned. Um, finally wrote her a letter, and she did respond to the letter, um, and she appreciated that. But it's just, in that, I'm just saying that, you know, you just can't give up. Um, even though you may not hear from them, there's... One of the things she said when she finally would talk to us more, it was just that she was ashamed of her lifestyle and so just was kind of backing away from family. And so um, just to not give up on them if they're not, you know, responding to you. Mm-hmm. Good, good. So um, what did the Lord uh, tell you to do about this uh, situation and how does that differ from your normal response? <laughs> uh, well, uh Usually I don't have any problem telling somebody like it is. I don't have any problem telling somebody uh, if they got a problem and what to do about it. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, that's been an area in my life I've been working on. So I'm 
some would say not very diligently. <laughs> <laughs> Others that know me longer might say, oh, you I can see improvement. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, you know, so something like this is difficult for me because I would want to jump in the middle of things and, and, you know, try to tell the kids how to straighten out their life, tell my sister what she needs to do next, and so on and so forth. But I don't know because I haven't known them. I'm not close to them. I had no opportunity to even attempt to do that, and nor would I nowadays. <laughs> and uh, normally I would have a plan, and, and, uh, 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 and, and, and know what to do in some way. Uh, but so I was just on hold, not knowing what to do. I knew I needed to bridge the gap with my sister and her kids and try to strike up some kind of relationship. But like Maureen said, uh, that's difficult to do because they were closed off. You know, Heidi had closed her life off um, deliberately because of that, uh, partly. Um, uh, so getting back to your question I, I just made myself available uh, my sister had lots and lots of friends close friends that, that really appreciated her but she had been unbeknownst to us she had been wearing them out with her illness her denial of her illness not going to seek treatment she would go to her friends and and for a place to live and uh, and uh, for a place to hang out and and uh, uh, but she'd been wearing them out, and so she wore out the last couple of friends. Uh, and then when we got involved, we started seeing that happen. And uh, 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 and uh, my uh, I have a uh, another niece in Arizona uh, was very close to Heidi. And she decided she would be the next in line to come down and try to help, mm -hmm. try to help the kids, try to help my sister, try to help gain some ground and and some normality and some understanding with this illness and whatnot. And uh, and and of course we thought, well, good luck with that, but you know because <laughs> she's worn everybody else out in this you know process. And uh, but the Lord been working in her life, and uh, so Mike cousin came uh my niece came down uh, from phoenix and decided she would stay a few weeks or whatever it took to help heidi out and uh, and so i knew that and i told her that i was would be available uh to help any way i could but i had no idea how i could help with anything because uh nothing had worked so far and and anyway um uh, so I just made it known that I was available. And so my uh, uh, niece came down to, to try to make things happen, try to find her a place to live, because by then she's, now she's homeless because her, uh, the place she was living in has fallen apart and she's out of money. And uh, uh, so that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Kim was down, and she finally got desperate and called Tim and said, I can't do, yeah. um, can't do anything more, and um, can you help her, you know. Anyway, just Tim packed up and went over to Enumclaw and stayed with um, Kim and Heidi and, you know, got her into a place and basically went back and forth to the doctors with Heidi. Um, you can go from there. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm on your. I'm gonna know if good. I'm answering your question. We're good. Okay. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we ended up. She had worn Kim out, my niece, and uh, uh, she had her in a motel in in Buckley. Uh, that was the only thing she could think to do. She fell and cracked her hip that night, so she ended up. Uh, no money, no doctor, no place to go. So she put her in the motel. So I met them at the motel. I basically spent a week in the motel with the, the kids, the dogs, the pets. Uh, mm. I had a separate room. <laughs> but as a result of doing that, of just going, I had no plan. There was no way I could help with anything. Uh, but as a result of going, I got to see their life. I got to see who they were and why we were separated all those years. And and how difficult it would be for anybody to help. Uh, she had her, 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 her oldest son was uh, staying there at night at the motel that, that, you know, that we were basically paying for. And, and that was the life that they were living with no plans. The doctors hadn't uh, admitted her to a hospital or anything yet. And so... So what did the Lord, uh, what did you discern the Lord was telling you to do about this? Well, I was just really perplexed because I'm in a motel and I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Can I proceed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, basically, when Heidi found out that she was dying, um, she wanted to be, um, you know, look into some funeral stuff, but she wanted to be buried next to her mom and... Um, so Tim got a hold of the funeral home and found out that there was a spot about 100 feet away. And so he started working on that end with her and um, with the funeral place and then um, giving Heidi and, and her kids all the information so they could proceed on. Um, uh, she didn't want to be cremated, so that was completely out of the question. Um, but anyway, in this, then the Lord kind of really spoke to Tim about... Um, you know, that there needed to be, anyway, we needed to take care of Heidi um, with expenses and stuff so that there would be a funeral that she would, you know, be buried uh, according to her wishes. Um, and that was, Tim was really, that was put on his heart really directly. Um, mm -hmm. It took me a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. I kind of had some panic attacks when he was talking about, you know, us doing it and stuff. But, um, I don't know, after a couple of weeks, the Lord kind of, you know, changed my heart in that too so that I, um, you know, that I did agree with him, that I knew that the Lord was speaking to do that and mm -hmm. and would handle it and uh, turn it around to, to make it work. And one thing Tim had said several times is if, you know, we can, we give to missionaries and other people that we don't even know and, you know, over the years have, you know, given quite a bit and, and why would we not then help um, our family, our sister? Mm -hmm. And um, And that mm -hmm. spoke loudly to me also that you do need to care for not just others in the body or out there, but mm -hmm. your own um, family, even if they aren't, you know, the lifestyle isn't what you would think it should be. That's not for us to determine. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you encounter any resistance from other uh, family members um, that this was of God? Yeah, once we decided that we would... God told us to just take care of the funeral, just do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, financially, that 
that he would take care of that. And that's when I started getting flack. I had, <laughs> I sure didn't anticipate that. You would think people would. Now there's a whole. That was my personal family that gave us the most trouble. Uh, no friends, and certainly no nobody here. There was so many caring and giving uh, folks from from this body and uh, friends, but but all these friends of Heidi's uh, and and the thoughts and prayers and uh, uh, the kids put up this website, uh, this donation website. Mm-hmm. And at first we thought, boy, this is really tacky. We're we're not into this, <laughs> but it. That's what the three kids wanted to do. That was their way of doing something. And uh, it turned out to not be such a bad idea because it gave an opportunity for a lot of people to find out about it and to say and do something about it. There was a lot of wonderful uh, thoughts and messages, and, and uh, they, they raised quite a bit of money towards the, towards the effort for the funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their way of... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but meanwhile, my family, I've got all kinds of suggestions on how not to do this for your, you know, goofy kids that are, you know. Did they offer to step in in your place and do, no. Nobody, no, not no, one, yeah, not yeah. one person, except I had, I had relatives that, distant relatives that stepped up to bat immediately without even question, mm-hmm. and friends. That, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, of course we'll help, mm-hmm. uh, even before we got to you know any details whatsoever Mm -hmm. so it was really strange how uh, you know how some how people perceive um, situations like this and how people are led or not led by the Lord and of course you don't know that Mm -hmm. Uh, but one of the things that was I'll just give you one example to answer your question Mm -hmm. uh uh one of my relatives said, I don't want anything to do with this. This is crazy. You've got a, uh, uh, a messed up family with no means, homeless person. We're not going to give to that. We're not going to have anything to do with it. Uh, how can you possibly think this is a good idea? All you're doing is in enabling the whole family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is <laughs> nuts when you think about it. She's dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so one of the things she said, I said, well, we prayed about it, we, and, and God told us to do it. And there was this pause on the phone. Oh, so God speaks to you and nobody else? That's what she said. And it went downhill from there. It got worse. Way downhill. So anyway. So, so tell us. Tell us about um, how you saw God show up at Heidi's funeral. Well, it was uh, it was just amazing. Uh, the funeral ended up being wonderful, and thank you for all those that helped and sent messages and prayers and everything too from this body. Uh, uh, we did not know to the very last minute how it was going to come off because we left uh, the. The, the, the last things that needed to be done to put a funeral together, we, we just stepped out of the way and let the three kids do it. And I was yelled at by my relatives for not doing that. And, um, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, there was three things that, that uh, were real obvious. Uh, 
we had had a real bad experience with a previous relative uh, uh, that that uh, we basically rented a preacher to do the funeral service. He, he didn't go to a church, didn't have a, didn't know a minister, didn't have anybody close. So we rented a preacher, so to speak, and it was horrible. The guy said stuff that was just not appropriate at all. So I was real determined not to let that happen again. So uh, the, you got to realize that the, th- the three kids are not doing anything to get this funeral going. Mm-hmm. I'm having to prod them along all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, way more than I probably should have been. But uh, one of the areas I, can, I, I, I counseled them in was in this area. Okay, if you are going to have somebody, at the last minute, two days before the funeral, they decided they wanted to have a minister say do a eulogy and, and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about this for months. Now two days before. So the day before, they contact some people to do this Mm -hmm. and um, I had given them some ideas and things to watch for and to look out for and that you know I had found out my sister was born again and um, and she she professed her faith to me in several miraculous ways well in my visits and stuff you know I mean it was just wonderful so we knew where she was at Uh, uh, in fact she uh, when asked by the uh, people at the hospital, uh, they asked her what religion she was, and she said Christian. And she said, "Well, what denomination?" She said, "Well, born again, of course." <laughs> I mean, it was a simple faith, you know. There was not, all, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to add to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at any rate, uh, make long story short, uh, there was uh, two women that uh, baptized her in the care center. And they volunteered to do this eulogy. And when we got to the uh, 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 to the service, we we were there early to set things up. Oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, they offered to uh, let me review what they were going to say and the scriptures they were going to read and what they were going to do. They had it written out and ready for me to take a look Great. at. Unbelievable, yeah. and, and and anyway, they did a great job, and mm-hmm. and their stories from the care center and the things they did with my sister tied right in with a couple of the things that I said and that mm-hmm. others said. So it was really made it wonderful. Uh, the weirdest thing, though, is is we had a graveside service as well shortly after the the chapel service. We were at the graveside, and they were lowering her casket into the ground. And a guy stepped forward and 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 uh, 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 gave an offer for anybody who wanted to come to know Christ to do it right there. I thought it was a funeral crasher. <laughs> First, I wanted to run from the guy. <laughs> then I wanted to get closer. I mean, he gave the plan of salvation, and and you know, and Heidi's going to heaven because of. of her belief in Jesus, and you can be assured of the same thing. You can't do it by just uh, just hoping. You, you know, you have to actually ask Christ into your life, and and He said the prayer, and, and off He went. <laughs> and and uh, so anyway, it was. Uh, I don't know how much uh, more the Lord could show up. And, yeah, yeah. This uh, having uh, talked with Tim through the process and. 
praying for him, as I know many of you were. Uh, I felt like he, last uh, Sunday when he shared, it was just a tease. I wanted to hear a lot more about it. Um, so I was going to finish up with um, what advice do you have to others listening to and following the lead of the Holy Spirit? Uh, I just simply say to be available, but most of all, just get in the car and turn the key. <laughs> just go. And if you don't have a plan, don't think you can be used and don't think you have the gifts or whatever, just go anyway. God will God will take care of all that. That's great. Maureen? Yeah, and I guess I, guess I like the, the one um, verse in the song. It's uh, Mighty to Save. It says, So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give you my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. And I believe that that was Heidi's life, and I believe that's a, a lot of people's lives that we um, don't even know about or mm-hmm. you know look at and, and don't consider. Mm-hmm. So just to, yeah go with uh, the Spirit's leading and, and not be so worried about what others might think. If, if you know it's from God, then and do it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so these two were, are filled with the Spirit. They responded to God's call. Uh, you could see some of the opposition that they ran into and just some of the confusion, but uh, I'm really proud of you guys that uh, you did this. And they speak of the grace of God to me. So I wanted to thank them for doing this, and I'm going to ask Denise Lowell to come up. So can you guys give a look? Yes. So uh, you know Denise. Uh, you know... Uh, her life and how she's lived and sometimes if I had heard that previous one I think well you know how often does that happen that's something like huge and big and yeah I'll wait for God to do something like that now what about the practical day-to-day life that any of us can do any single day and uh, Denise has inspired me in uh, in her relations with her neighbor uh, in her dependence upon the Holy Spirit so I just wanted to start off uh, tell us uh, how you relate to people. Are you outgoing or are you an introvert? I'm not outgoing. I'm pretty much um, afraid of people. Um, I would be a great hermit. I, I'm much happier all by myself. Um, it's a real struggle for me to be um, out with people. So tell us about your neighbor and uh, your past interactions and what prompted your willingness to reach out to her. Well, um, I'm in a, a couple of Bible studies, and one of the Bible studies is, has been, um, or was, we're, we're on break right now, was really working and learning about um, being a witness for the Lord. And I have always thought that I am not cut out for that, uh, because I'm afraid to talk to people, especially people I don't know. So how could I just, you know, go... To me, witnessing is going and, and getting in somebody's face and telling them about God. I am not good at that. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not one of those people that knows my neighbors. Chip is great at that. He probably knows every neighbor's name. I don't know anybody. I'm happy not knowing anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm really not that that person and so there's a neighbor down the 
down on the corner, and she has reached out and and tried to be friendly, and I just kind of thought she was annoying and possibly a drunk, which is not good to judge people, but that's where I was. So I would walk my morning walk. I would make sure and go around an extra block just so I wouldn't see her and wouldn't possibly have to talk to her. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily a nice person. So... Um, and through the Bible study, you know, the Lord had been working on me, telling me, you know, you really, you really should go and talk to her. You really, really should be nice to her. And, and I'm like, really, God? I mean, I already have friends. You've pushed me towards having friends that I'm not comfortable with. Why do I have to have one more? It's really where I was at. So, you know, um, so I just, I just was against it. I really was uncomfortable with it. And... Um, even though I've been blessed with some wonderful friends that, and I only go out and, and interact with people because I know that's what God wants me to do, um, I'm really afraid of doing that. So um, it came around. Chip told me he'd evidently been down there for something, and he said, well, Lori says she'd really like to walk with you. She sees you walking by. So I'm like, oh, Really? <laughs> But one day, um, we were driving by, and they were out on the porch, and, and I told Chip to stop, and it's like, okay, I'll just go up and talk to her and, and talk to her about, you know, going walking. It's like, okay, let's take the first step. Maybe we can go walking. Well, in that little bit of a conversation, I found out that she had um, been ill for a while and was going through some of the same thing that I went through when I first had my breakdown a few years ago, and so I'm like, wow, okay, the Lord obviously wants me to help her, you know, um, and here I've been ignoring him for so long, and um, so I made a date to have coffee with her, and and um, listened to her, kind of, you know, just let her tell me what was going on with her, and, and um let her know, you know, that I'd been through some of the same things and and tried to help her, you know, um, get past some of the issues that can happen when you lose some of your um, independence. So, um, that, mm-hmm. I think I've gone past where you wanted me to go. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's great. So, um, what was it uh, that you actually that you did? What would what did you do for your name? How did she respond to that? Well. We, in this conversation, she was telling me that um, her doctor wanted her to go to Seattle for some testing, and, and she was really not wanting to do that. And I, so I said, well, you know, if it's because you don't want to go alone because her family wasn't really stepping up to go to her appointments with her and things like that, I, I told her, I said, I will go with you if you want somebody to go with you. And she kind of looked at me like, uh, why would you do that, you know? And, and, and I told her, you know, if you need somebody to take to your, you to your appointments, because um, her brain wasn't working right, it's hard to remember what the doctor says. And her family wasn't going to her appointments with her, so I told her that I'd be willing to do that. And she was just kind of getting a little overwhelmed and, and taken aback, like, why would you, I mean, 
you haven't had anything to do with me. Why would you all of a sudden do this? And so I told her, I said, you know, the reason why I'm willing to do that is because the Lord has been for a long time telling me that I need to reach out to you, and I've been ignoring him because I don't like people. (laughs) And she kind of sat there for a minute and looked at me, and she said, wow. I said, I don't know if you're a believer, but this is what I feel the Lord wants me to do. He's put me here to help you. And um, so she was, yeah, she was really taken aback. And, and we talked a bit, and and um, I think her, I overwhelmed her a little bit. But I have been there to be able to take her to appointments, and, and we have built a little bit of a friendship. Um, I was a bit worried that it was going to be a little much of a friendship, but it has not. I was thinking, okay, she's going to be on the phone, bestering me every day. <laughs> you <know>? So, <laughs> people don't really know that I, I'm not the person that likes to talk on the phone. I really like to be alone. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it has not turned out to be that way. Um, I've gone with her to some of her appointments. I've helped her out. Um, and, you know, she... I asked her if it was okay that I prayed for her. I didn't know whether she was a believer, and she said she is. And I don't see evidence of that as much, but I'm. my prayer is that through my interaction with her, that God will build her closer or bring her closer to him. And, I mean, I'm not going to go over and do the preachy thing because I'm really not that person, but I'm hoping just by... You know, being willing to help her, and that that the Lord will work His ma- His magic there. So, so what advice do you have for others in listening to and following the leading of the Holy Spirit? Well, um, I think that that we have to learn to listen and go out of our comfort zone. Uh, I mean, I feel blessed by the friends that that he has given me and and those are th- those are friends that I wouldn't have if it was just my will you know um, I miss them when I'm not not here and and I feel blessed that um, you know I can help her that that the Lord knew to use me in that situation and so um, we may not know right then if we're blessing someone but we will never know if we don't have the willingness to step out of our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's thank uh, Denise for sharing her story with us. Thank you, Denise. Look at the common characteristics between these three people. What do they have in common that God was able to use them? Holy Spirit? What was their attitude? Willingness. Willingness to listen, willingness to do. Was it uncomfortable? Or would they face uh, would they face uh, getting out of their comfort zone? Yes, yes. But they're willing to do it. Can you see that God uses us today 
This is what it looks like in 2014. This is how God uses us. Each of us are in a situation where we have people around us that are praying for somebody, praying for somebody to walk with or talk with, a neighbor perhaps. Each of us have a decision to make about God. I'm willing. Open it up. Let me know. Let me know what you want me to do. There's part of confusion, too, because you're not really sure. You're not really, you're not exactly sure what God wants you to to do. And and that's part of the the, uh, um, fun, I think, is learning to depend upon the Holy Spirit. So hopefully this was beneficial to you. uh, I'm really inspired by uh, these three folks and and, uh, appreciate their willingness to tell their story uh, to the rest of us this morning. So that's what we got. See you guys.